a great live stream involves all the different facets, all the different emotions, all the different feelings. It doesn't just have to be glossy and perfect. In fact, you know, imagine this. If you watch somebody who does a glossy, perfect live and you find that, you know, role modeling, great behavior, ask yourself, if you really were in the market for what it was that they were selling, would you not see that as an advert? Would it not feel a bit, a bit marketing-like? This is the Building Online Sales Success Podcast, helping you to build, market, and sell your offers online. I'm Rachel Howarth, and I'll be sharing the strategies that are allowing me and my clients to create online success without using the icky, awkward tactics that you have been trying to avoid. Sales can be easy, not sleazy. And in this show, you'll get to see behind the curtain and discover the sales secrets that will create the impact, income, and freedom that you've been dreaming of. It's time to stop doubting yourself and start creating the business that you truly deserve. One of the most common ways that we sell ourselves in the online space is via a live stream. So that could be into your Facebook group or your Facebook page. It could be on IGTV. It could be over on LinkedIn. Maybe you're on YouTube. Either way, what I'm referring to in this episode is those moments in business where we put our face on the camera and we make an invitation to our audience. We sell, we pitch, we talk about a program, an offer, It could be that you're thinking about Black Friday and how to get your offers out for Black Friday. So if you regularly sell on live stream and you want to improve the way that you do it, or you've never actually done it, you've not been brave enough and you want some tips on how to be good at it, that is what I'm going to be sharing here in this episode for you. So I've been selling on live stream now for around 18 months, and I have to be honest and say that I was petrified. I've been in sales 25 years, as most of you know, and when it came to selling on live stream, I was petrified because of a few things. Firstly, it was live stream and the people that were watching were watching and I couldn't go back and delete or edit. I couldn't change anything. If I fluffed it up, everybody would know. Um, And that, I guess, was the biggest reason why I was petrified. One of the other reasons I was petrified of video full stop is because I had a bit of perfectionism going on. I would worry that you could hear my son in the background or my son would come bursting into the room halfway through the live stream. And it wasn't until I really embraced my life, my personal life, and when Oliver came bursting into a live, instead of me getting cross with him, you know, hitting the stop button, going back and trying to do it again later, I just embraced it. And I would say, oh, here's Oliver. You know, for those of you that haven't met Oliver, here he is. Oliver, come and say hello to the people. And he would get used to doing it. And that made me relax. And so um, what I started to see was those moments where, I don't know, life happened in the back of a live stream. Things just happened, like, you know, pings went off, notifications happened, Oliver burst in, somebody rang the doorbell. Those little glimpses of real life help your audience to connect with you. And for ages, I was petrified of those things happening. But once I actually realised that when those things did happen, it meant that my audience could see me as a real person 
Of course, Rachel's doorbell goes. Everybody's doorbell goes. We can't decide when the person decides to deliver us a parcel. They don't know if we're halfway into recording a podcast or delivering a live into our Facebook group. So yeah, don't be, don't be like me, I guess is the message. Don't be scared of it. Just embrace the fact that life will happen when you're live on camera and actually your audience will kind of like it. So let's get into some juicy tips for you on how to sell on a live stream. I've tried a few different ways of doing this and I have to say, you know, I've settled on the way that feels the most comfortable for me. So my first bit of advice to you is just do it. Just have a go Messy action is still good action. A messy action allows you to learn and allows you to really um, reflect on and consider what made you feel comfortable, what made you feel uncomfortable, and how can you do more of the comfortable and less of the uncomfortable? Because obviously, you know, we want to catch ourselves doing things right, not put ourselves in a position where things don't go to plan. So my first tip for you is energy. Before the live even begins, I would recommend that you come up with a kind of a ritual, sounds probably the wrong word for it, but, you know, a a way of being before the live. So I do a few things. I spray perfume, which is crazy because nobody can smell me. But for me, it makes me feel confident. I play music. So if I've got music on, you know, particularly I like a bit of like dance music, housey music. And so if I've got some loud music where I can shake my booty a little bit, well, then that gets my energy right. That gets me showing up in the right energy. So before your life even begins, find the things that are going to help you. I put on my orange lippy, spray my perfume, shake my booty to a bit of Beyonce, and that gets me in the right spirit for the live. So think about what could that ritual be for you? Um, How can you make time and space in your day for that to happen before you go onto that live stream? My next tip for you is, well, there's a couple of things all wrapped into this tip. And I guess it comes most neatly under the banner of authenticity. But there's a few things that make that up. So no fakeness. You can't show up on a live being anything other than yourself. You have to just be you. Now, I'm not saying you can't put a filter on. You know, if you want to put a filter on, put a filter on. You know, who cares? If you want to put a filter on, put a filter on. That's not what I mean by no fakeness. I mean, making sure that you show up as you, that you are not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to replicate a live that you saw somebody else do, maybe an influencer that you follow, somebody that you admire. There's nothing wrong with admiring the way that other people do things. But if you try to replicate what they do, it will come across as fake and inauthentic. So my advice to you is just get grounded in who you are. You know, if you have a few comfort words, a few ums and ahs, so what? Don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry about being anything other than you because your authentic self is what your audience already know and love. Yeah, why why would they why would they change their mind about wanting to follow you? Why would they why would they think oh, I'm, I'm not going I'm not going to follow Rachel anymore because she, you know, she did a certain thing or she said a certain thing. You've just got to be you. Yeah, you've just got to be you. So one of the other things that you need to think about when you're selling on a live is I call it sprinkling the magic. 
You know, throughout that live, you have to inspire your audience because if you're going to be selling your services, you have to inspire them about the result that they could achieve. So sprinkling the magic is all about not pitching your offer. No, it's not about that. Sprinkling the magic is all about sharing stories, sharing testimonials, case studies, reflecting on moments of celebration that you've had with clients, sharing results that you've helped other people to achieve. Because clients buy outcomes. They buy results. They buy where you can help them to get to and and in what time frame. They don't buy methods. They don't buy the detail, the nitty gritty. They don't buy What exactly is it that fits into week three of your program? They don't buy that. They buy the result. Where are you going to help them to get to? And so on your live, you need to be sprinkling the magic. You need to share some of that magic. What are those results that you've helped other people to create? And how can you give that feeling of safety, security, reliability to your audience that they could have that result too? If they reached out to you as a result of that live, they could actually start a conversation with the person that's going to help them to achieve the outcome that they most desire. So we must sprinkle the magic. My advice to you would be get really good at storytelling. Maybe what you could do, and I've done this and this really did help me, is to grab a big sheet of paper and start mind mapping some of the moments in your life that have been pivotal for you. Some of the milestones, some of the some of the mistakes, some of the lessons, some of the journeys that you've had in your life that will really help you to tell stories to your audience. So for me, I've I've done this a few times and the ones that regularly come up where I know I learned some massive lessons. One was I hired the wrong person in my business. And there's, there's lots of stories around that, lots of mindset stuff that came up for me, lots of reflections that I can share with my audience that will help them never to make the same mistake as me. Um, there's also the story around when I went for the same job at work and didn't get it until the third time I applied. And there's lots and lots of stories that were going on for me during that time around being good enough, being worthy, self-value, self-belief. A lot of stories came out of that one episode in my life that helped me now to relate to my audience. Um, The other one that I share quite a lot, oh, this makes me laugh. Um, When I first started my coaching business, I launched three group programs from one launch. I mean, how crazy is that? We always say, don't we, a confused mind doesn't buy but yet somehow, and it went successfully, I have to say, you know, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Um, But I managed to launch three group programs from one launch event. Now, as you know, I help my clients to plan and strategize their launches. And uh, the first rule that we always come up with is just sell one thing. Please just sell one thing. So, um, Yeah, that is definitely a a point where I can sprinkle the magic throughout my live stream because I can go off on a little bit of a tangent. I can tell stories and share reflections from times in my life where I've learned lessons that I know that my audience will be able to connect with, relate to, and also learn from. You know, that is why people watch you on a live stream. So sprinkling the magic is what I want you to remember there. Um... But all of those stories, all of that empathy, all of that sharing would be no good 
if you didn't make sure in your life that you had a real angle on change, a real angle on the future. Because if you just tell, you know, told stories, that's not actually going to get you anywhere, is it? It, it? Yes, it's reflective and it's you sharing and there's lots of connection there. But to inspire change and to sell your services, which usually are about change, you need to talk about the future. So you need to talk about current self versus future self. So during your life, I think you need to be able to empathize with where your ideal client is right now, but also where it is that they want to be. You need to be able to talk about where it is that they want to be so that you can really demonstrate this point of change, that life is a journey, that growing your business is a journey, that working on your mindset, losing weight, you know, building your confidence, whatever type of coaching you sell, that you're selling a journey to a destination. And for that journey to be achievable and, you know, um, for them to have some feeling of reliability that you're going to be able to help them get there, you need to be able to articulate what the start point is and what the end point is. So make sure in your life that you have some inspired action about that future change. You need to remember on your live as well, you know, like there's no rehearsals, just do it. Don't sit and go over the words over and over and over and over again. Just show up, take that messy action and do the live. Now, what I'm not saying is that you can't have notes because most of you know, if you've seen me on a live, I use flashcards. So if you go onto Amazon and you just Google flash, uh, Google, you go onto Amazon and you search um, isn't it amazing how brands just get in your head? <laughs> you don't go onto Amazon and Google, you go onto Amazon and use Amazon search functionality. Um, just put in flashcards and what that will bring up is some very small, I don't know what you would call them in terms of size. They're about a A6, maybe even A7. They're quite small, about the size of your hand. And I ordered a big box of those. I think it got 500 cards for about eight pounds here in the UK. And I use those flashcards to put bullet points on. So I don't plan out my live in terms of sentences. I don't really know what I'm going to say for each bullet point, but I do storyboard the way that I want my live to go. I do the same with my podcast. And those flashcards, they just sit there beside me. Sometimes I don't even look at them. Other times, if I feel myself flailing around, not knowing where I'm going with the conversation, then I will, of course, glance at those flashcards and the bullet points that I've put will get me back on track. Okay, so if you aren't using anything like that as a, you know, like as a trigger at the moment or a safety net, you know, that you're not going to forget what it is you want to say, then I definitely recommend those flashcards. Um, remember as well, you know, vulnerability, vulnerability really, really counts on a live stream. People don't want to see perfect. They don't want to see you showing up, trying to be everything that is 10 out of 10, everything that's glossy, everything that is maybe too perfect to be believable. They want to see vulnerability. So make sure that you have some genuine vulnerability into your life, but also balance that out with being a role model. Okay, so think about what I've just said there. You need to be vulnerable, but you also need to be a role model. Now, you might be thinking, well, but Rachel, those two things contradict each other. 
Because when you think about vulnerable, you think about sitting there in sadness and, you know, pouring your heart out. But actually, that isn't really what I mean by vulnerable. I don't mean you have to cry on your live stream. I just mean that you have to be prepared to be raw. You know, you have to be prepared to get it wrong sometimes. You have to be prepared to share mistakes and talk about times when it it didn't go well for you. You know, you need to be raw, but at the same time, you need to be a role model. Now, the reason that I don't think that that contradicts um, itself is that for me, role models are vulnerable. So if you picture a role model as being somebody that's super inspiring, polished, perfect, you know, always ready, always articulate, always knows exactly what they want to say, if that's a role model live to you, then actually you're aspiring to the wrong things because a great live stream involves all the different facets, all the different emotions, all the different feelings. It doesn't just have to be glossy and perfect. In fact, you know, imagine this. If you watch somebody who does a glossy, perfect live and you find that, you know, role modeling great behavior, ask yourself, if you really were in the market for what it was that they were selling, would you not see that as an advert? Would it not feel a bit a bit marketing-like, you know, a bit a bit too polished? And that's why I think vulnerability and role model actually go together. They are the same thing. They are not contradictory. Um, I'd love to know what you think of that point, though. You know, maybe I've been a bit controversial there. Um, and, that, you know, you think that those things are polar opposites, but I don't actually think that they are. Now, the final point that I want to make, and I've got 10, um, 10 rapid fire tips that I'm going to give you before we finish. But before I get to those 10 tips... I want to give you one final point, and that final point is about sales psychology. And the sales psychology dictates that your buyer needs to feel safe to move forward. Now, safe is not often a word that you hear used when people are talking about sales. But what I mean is, you'll often hear me describe a sales bridge. And on one side of the river of the bridge is your client, your your audience, where they're in their problem state, where they're in their, where they are now, you know, the mindset that they're trying to shift, the weight they want to lose, the confidence they want to build, the business they want to grow. Where are they on one side of the river when they're in their kind of problem state, the state that they want to leave behind? And on the other side of the river over this bridge is the ideal outcome for them, the result that they want, the more confident them, the them that's just lost 30 pounds in weight, you know, like the them that has their mindset all up together. Whatever that ideal client wants, that's what's on the other side of the river. Now, I talk about that river being full of crocodiles and they are snapping at your heels as you walk over that bridge. Buyer safety is the point where they see the crocodiles, they know that they're going to be snapping at their heels, but they are feeling so safe with you as the seller that they are prepared to put one foot on that bridge. And you are reaching out your hand to them saying, come with me. I can show you where the result is. I can show you the outcome you want. I can help you get there. But you have to put your foot on that bridge. You have to then put the other foot in front and take steps. I cannot do it for you. Coaching is not a done for you service. 
Yeah. So you have to reach your arm out, but they have to feel safe enough and empowered to take the step. So if you now think about that bridge scenario with your live stream, that gives you some ideas around how you can structure and storyboard your live stream. Because you have a choice. You can either start the live stream by describing the result that they want and then take them back to the empathy of where they are now on the other side of that river. And then in your live stream, give them all the reasons why they should feel safe and empowered to walk over the bridge with you. Or you can start from problem state and then move to, but it doesn't always have to be like this. It could be like this instead. Either way, you're still going to have to um, tackle the buyer psychology of, I'm not going to invest with you. I'm not going to move forward with you. I'm not going to agree to work with you unless you make me feel safe that I'm not going to waste my money, waste my time, waste any other resource that, you know, they've got that they feel precious about. You need to make me feel safe to make that investment. Okay. So if you've never really thought about the buyer journey, the customer journey from problem to solution, from where they are now to where they want to be, then I would really strongly encourage you to start mapping that out on a piece of paper. I know I tell you a lot, don't I? Go and grab a piece of paper. So I'm a very visual thinker. Whenever I need to um, structure something or plan something, I'm always reaching for a big sheet of paper. Or in my office where I'm sat right now, I've got a massive big whiteboard on the wall. If I need to map something out like customer journey, then I will just grab a pen and go and map it out visually because that just helps me to think about it. So if you've never thought about biopsychology and you've never thought about that journey that your ideal client needs to go on, um, then start mapping that out now because it will help you on your live stream to be able to talk about the things that your ideal client needs to hear. Okay, so I'm going to give you these 10 rapid fire tips. Um, The one thing I haven't really told you is about how to pitch your offer. Now, I'm assuming that you are so enthusiastic and excited about your offer that you probably don't need me to tell you how to pitch it, you know, because once you've delivered all of the Um, all of the positioning part of the live, you know, the where you are now, where you want to be, how I'm going to help you get there. The actual offer, that's the easy bit. You know, that is the easy bit. The top tip there is don't go into too much detail. Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting to ask you questions. Leave them wanting to go and visit the sales page. Yeah, so don't don't pitch your offer for way too many minutes that you give them all the reasons why they should say no. You need to inspire them that they want it, give them all the reasons why they should say yes, and then empower them with the action to take that next step. Okay, so I promised you 10 rapid fire tips. So are you ready? If you have got a pen in your hand, I'm going to give you 10 rapid tips on how to sell on a live stream. So tip one, always have a great title. You know, the title determines whether or not people want to show up. So if you're going to advertise that live stream, give it a really, really good title. Maybe make sure that you've got some emotive words in there. You might even put some emojis in there to help trigger those emotions. So always have a really great title for your live. The other, um, well, number two, the other tip for you is that conversions are often in the replays. So don't get caught up by looking at the little number in the top of the screen to see how many people are there with you. 
Sometimes that is completely distracting. I would, if you need to, put a post-it note in front of those numbers because often the conversion is in the replays. So plan the live for the replays, not for the amount of people that show up live, okay? Don't allow that to distract you. Um, Know that you can go back to the title afterwards. So once the live is out there and you've, you know, you've finished it and it's sat now in your Facebook group or it's sat now on your Instagram or your LinkedIn, you can always go back to it and enhance the description, the caption. You can always make changes. If your live is in a Facebook group, pin it to the top, make it an announcement. Make sure if it's an Instagram live that you're copying the link and you're dropping it in other places. In your Instagram stories, you can put a link now to your, you've always been able to put a link to an IGTV, but now you can put a link full stop in your Instagram stories. So make sure that you're not just doing the live on a Monday and leaving it there and whoever finds it, finds it. Make make sure that you're advertising the fact that that live is there so that you get the replays. Uh, Tip number five is um, use topic tags, you know, like, and this is for those of you with a Facebook group, use topic tags or hashtags or units to organize your live training if you're you're doing your lives in a Facebook group, because you want to make sure that people are always able to navigate back and find that training. Uh, Tip number, I think it's six for you, is think about the aesthetics of the screen. So think about filling the screen with your face. (laughs) I know that sounds a bit scary, but don't, don't sit too far back. Don't sit so close that they can see up your nose. You know, that, that wouldn't be good. But don't sit so far away from the screen that they can't see you because people want to connect with you. They want to see your eyes. They want to really feel that they're sat there with you. Okay. So think about the aesthetics of how you set the screen up, what's in the background. Is it distracting or are you the central point? Okay. Make sure that you are the central point of the screen. Um, Another point for you on aesthetics is lighting. Get the lighting right. Don't make it so that people have got to squint their eyes to, to actually see you on the live. Make sure that you get a box light or a ring light or that you just sit with your um, your phone or your laptop with the light behind, yeah? If you put it on a windowsill with the light behind the laptop, the light behind the phone, you'll find that that natural light will just make you glow. You won't even need a filter. You won't even notice the freckles on your nose. That That's me. I've got freckles on my nose. But you won't even notice that if you are sat in the right light, okay? So get your lighting correct. Another thing for you, and I I sometimes do this too much, is pronounce your words properly. Like, I'm not, I don't mean you need to talk like this, because obviously that wouldn't be you being your normal, authentic self. But you do need to make sure that you speak clearly for your audience. Put the right light and shade and tone into your voice. Keep the pitch of your voice interesting. Don't just be a little bit nervous and monologue because people will find that boring. <laughs> yeah, I struggle to even do that. I, I know with my voice, I'm, I, I put certain afflictions on certain things. And that's because I'm really trying to stress certain points to my audience because I've, I really, I'm in a service mindset. When I'm showing up for you on podcasts, on lives, I really am in a service mindset. Even though it's free content I'm giving you, 
It really matters to me whether that lands for you or not. So I make sure that I stress the points that are really important and I make sure that I put light and shade and colour into my voice because that at this point, that's all you've got. You've only got my voice at this point on the podcast. On a live, you've got your face as well, but your voice really, really matters. Your vocal tone, the way that that audio connects with your audience really, really does matter. Um, the last two points for you, I've already given you one of them, which is to have an outline. Don't necessarily rehearse in detail. Don't write the whole script out. There's nothing more boring than listening to somebody read a script, but definitely have an outline, some bullet points and a rough framework of the story that you want to tell, the storyboard of the live. What is the journey, the emotional journey that you are taking your audience on when they are listening to you on that live stream? And then the final point is about duration. So you'll notice here with my podcast, I aim for 15 to 20 minutes. I think it's been rare that I've gone over 20 minutes um, and quite rare that I've gone under 15 minutes. So that is my sweet spot. Um, I'm the same when I do a Facebook Live. And obviously when people show up and ask questions, that does, you know, um, extend the duration. But in terms of ideal time frame for a live stream, I think 20 minutes is about right. I have tested lots of different times. People do get distracted. Sometimes they want to be um, walking and listening to you. You know, if they're if they're watching a live stream, you could be on their mobile phone in their kitchen whilst they are making dinner, for example. So, um, yeah, think about think about time frame. Think about how how long your attention span is. You know, how long would it take on that live stream for you to get tired? And for you to get um, bored, you know, bored of, of listening to your own voice. And how long does the content take to really explain? You don't want to explain things too quickly and lose people, but you also don't want to explain things too slowly. So I would plan the duration roughly, have a clock beside you, check in with that clock, make sure that you can see the time moving forward. But um, but yeah, if you want to know what I believe the optimum time is, I would say it's around 20 minutes. So if you could plan for 20 minutes, what you would really want to do is make sure that at the start of your live, you've got a few minutes of hooking people in, making sure that anybody that sees that on replay hears within the first few seconds, I'm here today with you to share a free training on X, or I'm here today to answer questions on Y say exactly what it is that that live is for right at the beginning so that you hook in those replays. Please do not say, oh, I'm just going to sit and wait for more people to show up. I'm going to give more people a few minutes because then the replays, those replay people know that they've got to sit through however long of you just waiting. And that's boring. And they're not going to do that. They're not going to give up their time to do that. So don't wait for people to join what you might want to do is say this training today, this live stream, this um, session for you today is all about X, Y, Z, you know, give them a really catchy title. So I might say um, the last one I did in my Facebook group, this live stream today is teaching you how you can sign 10Ks worth of coaching clients this month. That is what I'm going to be teaching you in this session. And whilst we're waiting for other people to, you know, to get called in by Facebook so that they know that I'm here, they know I'm live, 
Let me tell you about what happened to me today. And then I'll tell a little story. I will give them some content that is relevant to the topic and is useful and really gets everybody warmed up and fired up for what I'm there to teach them. So I still allow that period of time for people to join the live, but I'm not wasting lots of their time, the people on the replays, expecting them to sit through me tapping my fingers on the desk, waiting for more people to join. Remember, the conversion is in the replays. You need to deliver the session for the replays, okay? So... I hope that this episode has been really useful for you. Do you know, I wasn't even planning to record this episode today. I just felt really called to talk about selling on a live stream. And that's because there's a number of clients I've been working with recently where we're planning for Black Friday for them and we're planning for um, 2022. We're planning their launches. So we're planning um, masterclasses, webinars, boot camps, challenges. And a lot of the conversation that we've been having has been around selling on a live. You know, how does that feel to really sell on a live and to not feel awkward about doing it? So um, yeah, if you if you'd like to ask me any questions about selling on a live, maybe you want to come and join my Facebook group because you realize that you're not in it. Um, and I do a live training in my Facebook group every Monday, face on camera. So um, not like the podcast, you actually get to see my face move. Um, but I do a live training in my group every Monday. So if you would like to come and watch me do a live stream, then uh, come and join my Facebook group. Just drop me a DM over on Instagram at my sales mentor. And uh, I'd love to have a conversation with you and invite you into that group for female coaches. So that's it from me. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope that you put it into practice. And if you do use some of my tips this week for a live stream, please let me know. Maybe even tag me in. You know, I'd love to give you some feedback. Take care, everybody. I'll see you in the next episode. So that's it for today. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If growing your business is a big priority right now and you'd like to get my feedback on how you could move forward with bigger and faster success, then take part in my free personal assessment. It's called Next Best Opportunity and I get back to you within three days of you answering 20 questions about your business and goals and I give you my tailored feedback. If that sounds like something that you would like to do, then just click the link below in the show notes or head over to my Instagram and have a chat with me in the DMs over there.